Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. This one following Purdue's 49 to nothing victory at UConn. Uh, it was the blowout that we thought it would be. Um, but I thought maybe UConn could score against Purdue's backups. But the Huskies didn't. And, uh, and Purdue leaves with a lopsided win. Uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about with the game, to be honest. I mean, David Bell and George Karloftis, Purdue stars, played like stars. Uh, it was clear UConn could not match up with them and keep them from doing what they do best, which is make plays. And, you know, and after the first series, Purdue scored on seven straight possessions. They scored touchdowns. Uh, they just, they did what they needed to do and I and that's, and that's a positive sign for this team uh, because I think they handled the week from a mature standpoint knowing they were a big big favorite I mean you can't hide anything from from any of the players anymore as much as you want to you know Purdue was a 33 34 point favorite in this game uh, on the road uh, and with Notre Dame coming next week you know maybe a bit of a trap game but uh, but, you know, give credit to the Boilermakers for uh, doing what they needed to do. You know, they, they didn't really mess around with it. Once they got going, uh, their offense was hard to stop. You know, you're up 35 nothing at half. That allows Jeff Brom to pull his starters, pull at least the main guys, and then get everybody in that was on the, on the travel roster and, you know, you let four quarterbacks play. Uh, you just, you know, Zane Green gets an interception at the end. Uh, so, I mean, just a lot of, uh, a lot of guys got to see action. And while these games may be a little bit boring for the fans, um, you know, Purdue, Purdue was able to get some production out of this and, um, I don't foresee another game going like this the rest rest of the year. Now the the negatives are Xander Horvath gets hurt, looks like he's going to be out for a while. Uh, it's a lower leg injury. Uh, it, I, I would be guessing, but it, it would be somewhere around the ankle, I would think. Uh, they'll do some MRI, MRI work on it uh, on Sunday. Uh, I, I doubt if we'll get a, uh, uh, a, a diagnosis from from Jeff Brom uh, on Monday as far as exactly what it, what it is and what it's going to be and how long he's going to be out. But there's there's a couple signs that point to an extended uh, time frame here that uh, that Xander would be out. Uh, he was wearing a productive boot. Uh, he came back. Uh, to the sideline uh, wearing a protective boot and he still had it on as he was walking out to the bus uh, after the game on Saturday. Garrett Miller also was injured but don't know the extent of that. He needed help off the field but again he he stayed out on the field or came back out, out on the field or on the, on the sideline. Uh, then Jamari Brown uh, may have had 
may have had an injury to his to his head, a concussion type injury uh, late in the game because uh, you know he, he missed a lot of camp because of a hamstring, and you know this was an opportunity for him to get out there and and play and get comfortable. And, you know, because Purdue's going to need some of these guys that played in the second half and the fourth quarter at some point this year. And just from a depth standpoint or an injury standpoint, uh, you're going to need some of these guys. Uh, you know, at least they have a little bit of taste of it, even though you know UConn, uh, they're an FBS program by name, but they 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 look like an FCS program. And just really curious what direction they go with that program, uh, who they hire as a coach, what their goals are now, how much resources they're going to pour into it. Uh, a lot of questions for that uh, for that program, and you know, and they're scheduled to come back to Purdue in 2025. And you know, who do they look like then? Uh, are they still an FBS program or the FCS? Uh, what con- do they get involved in a conference situation? Uh, the AAC has lost some teams now to the Big 12. Uh, do they get back into that league? Uh, I think a lot of it will probably depend on the coach they hire and the direction they want to go with the program uh, before that is determined. Now, their, their basketball teams are, are in the Big East, and they're going to stay in the Big East because that's that's where they belong. Um, but football is the, the main question out there, and uh, they just not, they were not competitive against Purdue, and they were not competitive against Fresno State. And they lost to Holy Cross, and uh, I think they still have to go to Clemson um, this year. But that's that's life as an independent. I mean, you, you have to you got to take your games when you can get them, and I, I think either. Either next week or the week after, Wyoming's coming in. Uh, my God, I mean, there were 14,000 people there Saturday. How many, how many Wyoming fans will will be in attendance on Saturday? Uh, and I think 14,000 is their kind of their lowest. I don't know if it actually set the the fewest number of people to watch a UConn game at at that facility, but we're probably pretty darn close. And if, if it's not set now. My guess is the Wyoming game will will set it because um, I don't see a lot of I don't see the Northeast in Connecticut having a strong Wyoming alumni base uh, similar to what Purdue has. Uh, so just kind of something interesting to follow. You know, the game as I said, there's really not much to talk about with the game. Um, but, you know, Purdue is 2-0 for the second straight year. It's a different 2-0, I think, because, you know, last year it was all, you know, it was COVID. You're playing Big Ten teams only. And although Purdue got off to a good start at 2-0, the Iowa game was impressive. But, you know, the Illinois game, they they had that they had the game under control, but then, you know, nearly gave it away at the end, and then they never won another game the rest of the year. You know, this game, you know, there, were, there was no doubt, you know, they, they didn't, give it away at the end you know the the goal was just to preserve the shutout as, as long as you could and you know even Jeff Brown didn't really didn't care about the shutout uh from a standpoint that his number one defense had had done what it was supposed to do and 
and he was happy with that, but pleased that they were able to put uh, a shutout up there and, you know, break a couple strings, long streaks of, uh, you know, last time Purdue had a shutout against an FBS team was 2004 uh, against Syracuse at home. It was that Sunday uh, Labor Day game, 51 nothing, and then the last time Purdue went on the road, and shut out an FBS program. You got to go all the way back to 1981 uh, when they won at Northwestern, 35 to nothing. So they, they break a couple long streaks of you know uh, of getting a shutout, and it's always a pride thing. And you know the defense feels good because they got the shutout. Defense feels good because they dominated. And defense feels good because everybody played. You know they're gonna they're gonna go through the film on Sunday and they're gonna. Uh, look at everybody that played, and yeah, you you know it helps morale. It just helps everything as you move forward in the season. Now, uh, obviously, the the schedule gets tougher starting Saturday, uh, this Saturday with Notre Dame, and and then your Big Ten season. So there's no more UConns on the schedule, uh, and there's really there might be one Oregon State left on the schedule, but. Beyond that, it's, it's this is going to be a tough a tough road for Purdue. That's why these first two games were so important to, to put them in a position uh, when they get to October to, to bank some wins and get them in a spot where uh, you can become bowl eligible because uh, there are winnable games in the second half based on uh, Purdue being healthy right now. But you you just never know when you get to those games. But with Saturday, I mean, uh, Notre Dame is is an in-state rival, although the two programs haven't played since 2014. Nobody on this current team has faced Notre Dame. Uh, the, the only coach that would have played Notre Dame when he, as a Purdue coach, I believe, would be Mark Hagan. You know, back in the day when he was Joe Tiller's assistant. So. You know, how, how do these players feel about the Notre Dame game, the Notre Dame series? Notre Dame is still a national program. Uh, they were in the playoff last year. They've been in the playoff. So it's not like they're out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, when, it, when the series was played from 1946 every year through 2014, uh, it, was a, it was an important game. It was an important game for Purdue. Uh, it was their chance to to get on the national stage and and upset the Irish, and they they've done that several times throughout the history. Uh, so, but I, I don't know if these players know that, understand that, care about that, or is it just another opponent coming up for them? Uh, you know, I think you know it's a meaningful game for Purdue fans, no question, but it. It's going to be a meaningful game for the players because they have an opportunity to to back up the two and zero record with with an impressive win at Notre Dame if they can pull it off. But it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard um, because they're they're going to face uh, a talented team in all three phases uh, that that are just individually talented. They're going to be better. Uh, they're you know as, as Purdue has David Bell. And George Karloftis, Notre Dame has 
probably five David Bells and five George Karloftises. Uh, so Purdue will have to deal with that aspect of of the game and just trying to deal with individual talent and guys that can make plays, uh, that can move outside the system and uh, and take a you know a not so perfect pass and turn it into a 50-yard gain. Because uh, you know, Purdue's defense did play well, but they gave up a handful of big plays, and Notre Dame's gonna gonna try to exploit that. Uh, you know, Purdue has to bring its its top game, um, and they have to be they have to figure out a way to generate rushing yards, whether it's the traditional way or uh, another way, whether it's using wide receivers in the backfield because of Horvath's injury um, with T.J. Sheffield, Jack Snanthrop, you know, even David Bell. Uh, so, and, you know, maybe even with Horvath, they would have had to do that anyway because Horvath's not, you know, he runs a he runs a fast for 40 time, but you just you lose the experience of someone like that who can maybe muscle up and get you some important yards. Um, so it, it will hurt, but the, the the biggest question for this game coming up Saturday uh, is is the offensive line up for this challenge. They didn't have a good week one, in my opinion. They were better on Saturday, in part because they, they should have been better. Um, and they were able to, to open some holes. King Drew had a some, couple long runs. Uh, Dylan Downing had a couple long runs. You know, Jack Plummer and the quarterbacks had plenty of time to, to do what they needed to do. Uh, but... Again, you know, the offensive line is going to face potentially, you know, four or five NFL draft picks, whether it's this year or, or down the line. And the you know, same scattered throughout that defense. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's going to come down to how the offensive line can, you know, win some line of scrimmage battles. They're not going to win every one, but they're going to have to win enough so you can generate a rushing attack and you can give your quarterback time to get the ball to David Bell or push the ball downfield a little bit more. Uh, and, you know, this is going to be a, a game where Purdue probably runs a lot of screens, a lot of quick actions, uh, just to, to get the ball out of Jack Plummer's hands and into the playmaker's hands and let them do what, what they do. So it's going to be it's going to be tough, but it's a, it's a good test for Purdue this early to, to gauge where they're at and you know and how the Big Ten season might play out for them. But regardless, you know all the pressure was on Purdue for the UConn game because heavy heavy favorite uh, UConn's bad and Purdue could do nothing right other than blow out and win the game the way they did. You know this week they have a little bit of um, as you call house money, uh, somewhat, where they, they don't, you know, no one's going to pick them to win. I don't know what the point spread's going to be yet. 
but you know they're they're going to be the underdog. They're going to get treated like the underdog, and there's not there's not a high expectation level outside the program for them to go win that game. So you know if you play them close, if you you know if you can get it to the fourth quarter, then you know maybe it's a it's a win from a perception standpoint, and then you move on to the Big Ten season. But, you know, Notre Dame did struggle against Toledo uh, yesterday. Didn't see the game. I don't subscribe to the Peacock channel. But, I mean, they did struggle. They needed they needed to hold on to beat them. Um, so maybe there's, there's a blueprint or a path to success for, for Purdue to follow in that game. Uh, just, you know, because... You look at what look what other teams do against opponents, and you know if that fits kind of who you who you want to be as a team, then maybe you can follow that same success. But uh, it's going to be an uphill climb for Purdue. Uh, but regardless, they're going to come out. Of, the worst they come out is two and one, and then you've got two really big, big Big Ten games uh, staring you at the face, both at home, both both against teams in your division. The first one's Illinois, uh, which right now I think Purdue would be a favorite in that game. And then you got Minnesota, which struggled to put away Miami of Ohio. Uh, but these are important, you know. These are important games for Purdue. You know, some if somehow, some way, they can get to the open week, four and one. You know, that's that's the perfect that's the perfect situation for Purdue. You know, three and two is not horrible, but four and one gets you more than halfway to where you want to be. Uh, and there are winnable games in the second half of the season uh, for Purdue. Second half of the Big Ten season, when you look at uh, Michigan State coming to town, Purdue going to Nebraska, you going to Northwestern. Uh, even though it's Wrigley Field, you still have IU on the schedule. I mean, there's you got to go to Iowa, you got Wisconsin home, you go to Ohio State, uh, but there are some opportunities in the second half that Purdue can, can can get to a point where they're not facing must-win situations the last you know four or five weeks of the season. Um, you know, and as I've written, as I said, the whole to me the whole goal about this year is just getting to a bowl game. And then kind of re- resetting the program and uh, moving forward from there. Well, uh, as you said, there wasn't a lot to talk about from from the game on Saturday. Purdue won at 49 nothing, but uh, to me, the story now is okay. You get ready for Notre Dame. Um, check on the health of Xander Horvath and Garrett Miller and Jamari Brown and see what uh, see what your see what your healthy bodies look like going in and, you know, figure out a way, play loose. You know, Jeff feels, Jeff Brown feels like his team is, is, uh, it's got some swagger to him. Um, you know, they're playing hard. Uh, and, you know, this, this could be an opportunity, you know, this is a, this is a huge opportunity for him to, to, to maybe push this team and push this program forward a little bit quicker than, uh, than we thought this season. All right, well, uh, stay connected to jconline.com. 
throughout the week for the latest on the Purdue Notre Dame game. Uh, uh, as uh, we'll have Jeff Brom's uh, press conference coming up on Monday, have a recap of that, and then uh, stories uh, throughout the week leading up to Saturday's game against the Fighting Irish up in South Bend. So thanks for stopping by and have a good day.